So I got an interesting message from one of our listeners, Simon Hodge in Ireland asked about building a DIY chicken coop and what are the vital elements required in it. So I started recording a reply and then I thought this really warrants its own podcast. So that is going to be the subject of today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Self-Sufficient Podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Being sustainable and food security matters. So we've got a question from a listener which I'm going to play for you now and don't forget you can get in touch with us by following the link in the show notes and sending us a voice message. You can use your phone, it's really simple to do and we'd love to hear from you. Hi, uh, my name is Simon Hodge, I'm from Northern Ireland, really enjoying the show, uh, really, really good, so much brilliant information, um, planning on building a chicken coop, um, I'm going to use a lot of recycling material, like old pallets and stuff, but just wondering what um, features would you say are essential in making the coop, you know, you obviously set up with your, the, the way you um, use the deep um, method with the don't change it out very often and build that all up with you know compostable material, um, which I think is a brilliant idea. And I'm just I've been trying to find ideas online, so I'm just wondering, you know, can you tell me a bit more about what you think is the best thing for a coop? I'm only going to be having three birds probably. It's only for a small back garden, well, big enough back garden, but um, just um, built up area. So not a lot of birds, but um, interested to, to hear. So it got cut off there at the end. I apologise for that. But um, thank you ever so much for your call. It's a great question and one I'd like to go into a bit of detail on in today's show. So the first thing really to think about is what it's going to be used for. So you've got three elements to where chickens are going to spend their time. The one first element that is a requirement is somewhere they're going to spend their time overnight. The second element and third elements are where they're going to spend their time in the day and how much of that is going to be in an enclosed space, as in part of a coop. So quite often what you'd have is, well, we would refer to it as a coop and a run. So whether you've got a attached area to the coop that's built as part of the coop that they can come and go between as they please and then you open the door to let them into the third element, which is the free ranging side. So You've got the three elements, but you've kind of got two different setups that you can use. So if they're going to have free reign to your whole garden during the day and your plan is to shut them in at dusk and let them out at dawn or shortly after, then all you really need to build is the inside overnight compartment. Whereas if your plan is to shut them away for longer periods, then you're going to, or even completely have them enclosed, then you're going to want a run attached to the coop. So I'm going to deal with the sizes and how the run works first, and then we're going to get into the nitty gritty of the actual coop itself, which is where most of the building takes place. So this will vary based on the number of chickens that you're going to have. But for, let's say, three chickens, like Simon wants, you're going to want a an amount of 
outdoor space that they can have access to, plenty of space to not be on top of each other because that's really going to increase the amount of bullying and pen, uh, hen pecking that goes on, which you want to keep to a minimum by giving them the space they need. So I would say for standard size chickens, a run that's maybe three meters squared or of that kind of size is enough. Obviously, the more you can give them, the better. If you look online, there are sort of minimum spaces that people recommend for the humane keeping of chickens, and they're probably considerably smaller than what I would recommend. But, you know, you can go smaller if you, if you need to. But you do need to give them enough space so that they can get out of each other's way. So once you've got that space in play, you've got an outside area where either they've got room to roam your garden or where they've got enough space in an enclosed safe area, then the coop is the bit that they go in when you don't see them. So you need some vital elements and then there's lots of other elements that you can add that are possibly less vital and they're going to be based on what you want, how you want to work the system. So we're going to start with the absolute vital parts and then work our way through. So obviously the most vital things are four walls and a roof. Now you can build these out of any kind of timber. I do recommend using some kind of felt for your roof, uh, building felt. Now again, if you're trying to source all your materials for free, it's really easy to get hold of enough felt for a roof from any builder or roofing company because again we're talking about remnants if you need a piece that's only a couple of meters long that's going to be thrown in a skip and someone's going to have to pay to get rid of that now more traditional roofing felt would be the black bitumen type felt that you used to see on everybody's shed roof and probably still do on most shed roofs and that works perfectly fine these days, roofers tend to use a lightweight breathable felt, which is so much easier to work with and will last much, much longer. It's not designed to be looked at though, so it does look much more like a sheet of plastic, if you like. But if I'm building a coop somewhere, I'm not going to be looking at it out of my window, I'm definitely going to be using the lightweight breathable membrane. It lasts longer and it's just a better, better product. So you need a waterproof roof and you need your walls to be relatively draft proof. But at the same time, you do also need to allow some airflow. So what I tend to do is if it's, we've got a shed that we converted, an old shed that we converted, into a house for about 12 Brahmas. Now there's quite a lot of chicken there. So what I did is I actually drilled some small holes in the top just to allow for ventilation in the summer. And then I screwed a small piece of wood to the outside that you can slide over the holes to help with the heat retention in the winter. So it's really simple to make some kind of ventilation that you can adjust. So. I would definitely consider doing that. And then a door. Now, whether your coop is going to be the only standalone thing and you're going to let your chickens out and then shut them away again, and if you're going to do something like that, then you might want to consider 
spending a bit of money on an automatic door that you can program or that's solar powered and is activated by the sun, which automatically lets your chickens out in the morning and shuts them away at dusk. It will cost you a little bit of money. There's lots of different ones available online. They're normally, if you're lucky, you might be able to find a secondhand one for maybe 30 pounds and you can spend anything up to 100 pounds for a brand new one. If you can afford them, then they are a great piece of equipment because it's not so much in the winter, but actually in the summer when the sun rises, at least where I live, the sun will start coming up at maybe half past four in the morning and it won't set until 10 o'clock at night. It's much nicer to allow your hens to put themselves to bed and to have this automatic door closing. But you need to take a view on that, not only the cost, but also pests and how secure that system will be maybe you actually want to get your chickens shut away a little bit before before dusk to keep them safe from the fox or what have you so those are the key elements that you absolutely cannot be without now in addition to that there are some other elements that you'll want to add that unless you have a very good reason not to it really is a big deal to, to kind of get them in there so the first thing is somewhere to lay their eggs. Now, in an ideal world, you'd have an access hatch somewhere that's not the door, which you can go in and just collect the eggs. Now, when a chicken's laying its eggs, it likes to feel nice and secure. So there's a reason we call them laying boxes. So it can be as simple as a cardboard box. Obviously that's gonna degrade and not last forever, but something as simple as that is a great option for a laying box, especially if you're trying to keep your costs down and you can introduce something a little bit better as time goes on. But it wants to be slightly bigger than the chicken when the chicken's all sat down and fluffed out. So slightly bigger than you might think. And it's gonna to want to have all four sides. So she actually hops in there and she definitely feels like she's in there. And if you can separate the laying boxes by having the sides of the cardboard box actually go up much higher, so it's almost like a little door at the front, then so much the better. And you're gonna to wanna to put some bedding in there. If you manage to get everything working right and you, you do everything you can, you should get to a position where the chickens won't spend their nights in there. They will only go in there to lay, and that's a huge advantage because it means the straw in that area or the bedding in that area, whatever you use, will stay clean. And that's gonna make a huge difference to the amount of effort required in cleaning your eggs. So you're definitely gonna want somewhere they can lay. And like I say, you can use almost anything. So what we quite often do is if we've got the space in one of my coops, we've got the laying boxes raised about a foot off the ground and we've got a sheet of timber that runs along, which is about 25 centimeters deep, maybe a bit bigger. And in between every 25 centimeters running along it, I have a piece of ply that just shoots up in the air about another 20 centimeters. 25 centimeters is about 10 inches, I guess. So 10 inches deep, nine inches high, like separating bits of timber. So each one is an individual laying box. And then across the front, I've run a piece of batten. So again, there's that edge to the front. So they definitely feel like they're in something. So that's laying boxes. And when we come back, we'll talk about all the other things to think about.
It's really easy for you to get in touch with us and leave us your questions, feedback or ideas for the show. If there's anything you'd like to hear about or a question you've got about something I've said, just leave us a message. The easiest way to do that is to contact us via the show notes. In the show notes, there's a link where you can send us a voice message and we can play it on the show. Please don't forget to leave your name and where you're calling from. Thanks. Now back to the show. Just wanted to add a quick addendum to today's episode. Previously in the recording, I said three metres squared. What I actually meant was three square metres. I think three square metres is adequate for, for three hens. Sorry about that. Before I go on, I just wanted to very quickly mention how important it is whenever we get a five-star review or rating. It makes such a huge difference to where this podcast shows up in other people's feeds when they're looking for a new podcast to download. It makes a massive difference to how findable we are. So I'm just asking everyone, please, please, please do go and leave a review and a five-star rating for this podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. So the next thing you're going to want to consider is what sort of floor you're going to have. Now, depending on your access to materials and the amount of time you have and all those kind of things, you're going to want to consider a solid floor. There's a couple of reasons for this. Now, I do have one coop that doesn't have a solid floor. And the reason was it's quite a big coop. We I had to build it in a rush and I just didn't have time. So for that coop, I literally, I drove four stakes in the ground as the corners and then wrapped the walls around that, built a roof and built the doors and what have you. And then I went inside. It was quite a big one and you could go inside. I went inside and built all the other things. Now I do have it on my list to add a solid floor to that. And there's a good reason for it. So the first reason you're going to want a solid floor is security. Now, in the UK, and this will vary from region to region, but we all have pests that are going to look at your chicken as their dinner. And anything that can dig underneath, and I'm thinking badgers and foxes here, it are going to be able to dig under and get into your coop, which is absolutely devastating if and when that happens. So if you've got a solid floor, that takes that possibility away. Now you're gonna to wanna to extend the thinking on this solid floor to the run as well. So you probably want to use some chicken wire, whatever wire you're using around the outside, on the floor of your run if you've got a run and coop attached, because otherwise something's gonna be able to dig in under, get into the run and then have access to the coop overnight. So that's the first reason and the biggest reason why you're gonna to want to consider a solid floor. The second reason is it makes it so much easier to clean them out and get your hands on all that lovely, lovely compost that you're going to want. So while I'm discussing the solid floor, I'll now just touch on the bedding method that we use and why. So there's lots of information online about something called the deep litter method. And effectively, what you do is rather than cleaning out your chickens every week or however often you're thinking of doing it, what you do is every week you just add a small amount more bedding on top mixed with some agricultural lime. So it's very important you don't use building lime, which is going to possibly burn your chickens' feet and legs. It has to be a, a lime that's an inert product. But the lime keeps down the mites and all the things that might live in the poop and obviously the bedding is there for the animal's bedding and 
if you use the deep litter method, depending on your stocking levels, you'll only need to clean out your animals once every six months or 12 months. So we have some coops we do every six months and some coops we do every 12 months. There's a couple of added benefits to this. The, the first obvious benefit is the labor. If you're doing something less often, it's obviously less labor. The second benefit is that manure is actually starting to break down and compost. So if you time it right, we make sure whether we're doing six monthly or 12 monthly changes, we make sure that we have one change scheduled to be at the end of February, because where we live January and February are the coldest months. And while this matter is breaking down, just like a compost heap will, it will generate a small amount of heat. Now it's not very much, you probably won't feel it, but it does make a difference. It's a very, very small background amount of heat that can help your hens through January and February or whatever your cold seasons are. So it's definitely worth doing that. And then also that what you're taking out, it's already partly digested and a little bit further on the composting process. So that all helps as well. So that's why we use the deep litter method. If you're gonna do that, you really should consider a solid base. Well, for any cleaning out, it's gonna be so much easier with a solid base. So that's the base of your coop. The next thing is some perches. Now, almost all breeds of chicken will much prefer to sleep on a perch. It's how they've evolved. So you're going to want enough perches for them to do so. So you need to make sure you've got enough height that your chickens can hop up onto a perch and they'll quite happily get up onto a perch that's uh, probably a foot off the ground, even if you've clipped their wings. So you're gonna want enough perches for all your chickens to line up along quite happily without it being a fight. Now, there's a couple of advantages for this. The, the first one is chicken welfare. They enjoy it. And the second one is if you can keep your chickens up off the bedding overnight, it obviously helps to keep your bedding clean and it helps to keep your chickens clean and away from the feces because they will do droppings once they're up on their perches. And it's good if they're away from their droppings while they're overnight, obviously. So that's the why. Now the how, what we do, we literally use branches. So I like using branches because they're free, but also I like the look of them. I think they look nice, they look natural. So we cut a branch that's maybe half an inch to an inch thick at the right length, and we offer that up into the place that it's going to be, and we screw through from the outside and fix it in place. So that's the, you know, a really easy thing that because it's so easy, you really should be doing. So those are all the essential parts of building a coop. And of course, all of these things can be done from recycled parts. The best way of getting hold of wood for building chicken coops is obviously pallets. We all know about that. But you'd be surprised what you can find on FreeCycle. So there's always little bits of sheet metal that people are getting rid of, offcuts of roofing materials, things like that. All of these things can be repurposed really well. The next thing to consider, and this is not a vital thing to have for your coop, but it's certainly something that if you can install it, you will appreciate it. And that is a small amount of guttering feeding into either a water butt or something similar, or just a bucket. Having that water supply where you want the water to fill up your chicken's water is going to be something you really, really appreciate. So that's something, again, can all be repurposed or scavenged that 
really does make a difference to your life and how easy things are. So that's definitely something I would consider. That's about all I've got to say on chicken coops off the top of my head. But again, as always, do feel free to get in touch if you disagree with anything I've said or if you'd like to add something to the conversation or ask me any further questions. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. If you find these podcasts valuable, there are several ways you can support them. The easiest ways are to rate it and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. You could also share it online, talk about it anywhere you blog, or find someone you think might be interested and point them our way. You can also find and support us on YouTube, where we are also Self Sufficient Hub. Thanks for listening.